Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mingry Nation podcast. Welcome to it. It's a Sunday. Uh, it's overcast and gray, at least where I am. But, um, you know, that, no but. That is actually a good a good representation of how it feels to be uh, a mean greener right now, a member of the nation, considering that North Texas pl- scored 35, right, which I think is the most points that uh, they've put up against a uh, Power 5 FBS com- uh, uh, competitor competition all season long. Uh, it was, you know, a long haul there where North Texas wasn't scoring. And they played an SEC opponent. Now, it's real easy, and then, you know, SEC does a good job of uh, riding, like, Alabama's coattails here uh, and, and making you think that every one of them is super amazing, super awesome. But Missouri's terrible. They are a bad team. They're a bad SEC team. They're a bad P5 team. Their defense, their run defense in particular, was coming into the game like one of the worst in the nation in terms of uh, yards per tent uh, allowed. Uh, now... They did a great job against us, which is concerning. Uh, but DeAndre Torrey, you know, ran for 85 yards. Uh, I think uh, Isaiah Johnson ran for 46 yards and like 5.8 yards per tote. But overall, North Texas ran 49 times for 186 yards, and that's 3.8 yards per carry. Uh, and there were some like losses there, like I think like a bad snap or something like that. I forget what it was where we lost four yards total, but no individual, like I said, outside of Johnson. Ran for plus four yards a carry, so that's concerning. That was a, a key to the game, if you like kind of that, that stuff. Um, but, you know, it, it literally was. Like, Missouri fired their defensive line coach uh, this week, entering into this game after they got torched by Tennessee uh, the previous week. Uh, Tennessee, you know, put up 62 on them. So coming into this one, the concern was, hey, well, can they stop the run? You know, that's sort of the strength of, of, a, of a very weak <laughs> uh, North Texas offense, right? Um, you know, so you think, okay, let's come in there. Let's run the ball. Let's rush, right? Uh, we'll see what we can get out of Austin. Ani, best case scenario I wrote in the pregame was that North Texas is able to establish the run, make some hay, you know? And uh, Austin Ani hits them with some play actions, hither and thither. And, you know, next thing you know, we look up, it ain't so bad, right? Um, that's not quite what happened. Uh, you, know, you know, I don't think I read the score to you. 48-35 was the final. So we covered the spread. I think it was 20. My prediction for this game was 17-34. Right? I thought the defense would play better. Our defense would play a little bit better. And I thought our offense would, would struggle. Um what happened was that Austin Ani threw for 305 and four scores and two interceptions. Uh, but a lot of that came late, and North Texas scored uh, 21 in the fourth quarter, which is cool. It's impressive, but, uh, you know, it's they also gave up seven, right? You know, Ani threw an interception, it was tipped, and then it was ran back. So, you know, it's not it's not perfect, right? You, if you look up, you wake up, you look at the stats, I don't know, maybe you went golfing. I don't know. Who knows what you did? Uh, and you're like, oh, North Texas, 491, you know, total yards uh, f- to 474 from Missouri, 305 passing. It looks like North Texas back is back, uh, scoring, moving the ball, and the defense just kind of sucked. That's not the best way to put it. We'll, we'll, we'll break it down a little bit um, in a little bit more organized fashion. I'm not going to recap the game play by play for you, but we'll talk about it. Uh, one note, as you might have noticed, 
or lack of sound from from him is uh uh Aldo is not on the podcast with me today. I think he's driving to Florida or something like that, some kind of family trip going on. So uh he is he's absent. I think he's trying to fly, he said, but he couldn't so he had to road trip it instead. So uh, you know, he's dealing with some things. That's why he's not on the show. Um, you know, he wasn't distraught, so distraught that he couldn't join. It just he couldn't make it because of travel problems. Um, all right, so coming into the game, Missouri, you look at Connor Basilak, again, great name. Uh he uh he's middle of the middle of the pack SEC uh talent quarterback and wise. You think you can maybe get an interception off him, he's thrown a few. He's not the best guy, right? You know, you can make make a living off him. Missouri's rush uh, offense uh, attack is, you know, fine. They're not amazing. They're not uh, not anything to really fear. Um, so you felt like North Texas had seen something similar from some other programs, maybe SMU, right, can move the ball a little bit. And you felt like, you know, if they can do what they did there, everything would look good, right? Uh, compete make some tackles, maybe you get beat here and there, but you still play hard. Everything will be fine. And for the most part, that was the case. Um, Missouri came out, and, it, you know, they, they gashed North Texas for a couple long runs. I think two dudes had, like, a 50-plus yard run. There's a little bit of a little bit of a throwback to last year when the defense was allowing big gainers. Um, was it Batty uh, had 217 on 17 totes, including a 52-yarder? And then his backup downing had a 60-yarder. And I think those are career longs for both of them. And I think Batty's 217 was a career high. Uh, there, was a, there was a thing last year where we were just giving everybody a career long right, or a career day rushing the ball, either a career long rush or a career long, uh, I mean, a career total, right? So not good in any way you, you put it. This was a little bit of a return to that. 314 yards uh, allowed um, on the ground, 8.1 yards per carry. Not good, right? Anyway, you slice it, the defense regressed a little bit. They were playing very well against Louisiana Tech. Didn't play so well in this one, right? That's not up for de- debate. Um, the offense struggled for a long part of the first half. They only allowed, uh, scored seven. Uh, they scored it early in the second. It was a decent drive. It was a little bit of that rushing. You know, we saw... 186 total yards from the North Texas rush attack. And, well, that's that's my kid in the background making some sounds in case you're wondering. He's getting hyped. So I guess I could say that the uh, Mean Green Nation podcast is filmed before a live studio audience comprised of my uh, five-month-old kid. So, you know, what do we got, right? We, we have a, an offense kind of sputtering. I think that drive to score the seven, it was like a 15-play drive or something ridiculous like that. Uh, North Texas had its best drive of the season, I, I, I dare say, right? Given the competition, um, like the actual, you know, play, you know, the drive that they were taking, um, I'd put it up there. And, you know, it, it looked like, well, um, there's there are things to, to like here. You can see how North Texas could sort of compete in this one. Um, they allowed 14 quick points, right? It was pretty pretty terrible. Um, I, I think I want to say there was a lot of football on yesterday, by the way. Uh, so if some of these are running together for me, I apologize in advance. I watched a little bit of that Texas-Oklahoma game, like the greatest Red River shootout ever. And uh, I watched, uh, you know, some Conference USA games. And so uh, if I forget some details, forgive me. Pretty please. Um, 
but yeah, so first score seven nil, right? They were, you know, okay, whatever, fine. Uh, the second one after like a three and out, I think it was. Uh, Missouri, we we basically let Missouri back into it. It was, uh, you know, they I think we had them stop, going to hold them to a field goal. They ended up scoring a touchdown. Right, that was sort of a bad call, but whatever. Then North Texas goes on that drive. Uh, there, yeah, his 15 plays, 75 yards, six minutes, 10 seconds. And 14-7, not so bad, not so terrible. Then North Texas allows a touchdown, make it uh, 21-7. Uh, guys getting beat, you know, not looking so good again. And this whole second quarter, North Texas really just not playing well. Um, what was it, 31-7 at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the first half? Yeah. <laughs> You saw the worst part of the defense, where they were getting beat, uh, allowing yards, allowing big gains, but then you also saw that the offense couldn't really stay on the field, right? Um, you really would like a nice eight-play drive and maybe one that takes up some clock to give the defense a break, let them talk about it, let them analyze what they saw. Instead, it was kind of, uh, you know, punt, uh, get scored on, punt, get scored on. Um, starting the second half, North Texas comes out, they get the score. We finally saw, got to see a little bit of that DeAndre Torrey that we were advertised. Um, you know, the one that could catch the ball at the backfield uh, in addition to, uh, you know, being a threat on the ground. He put a nice six spin move on uh, one of their dudes. 31-14, not so fast, my friends. Uh, then entering the fourth, Missouri scores. Uh, was it like a, a, a field goal? And then there was that terrible interception. Right when we were like, you know, it's not so far out if North Texas can keep that up. Uh, interception, return, 40 yards, touchdown, right? A kid named Wingo or something like that. So it's 41-14, basically over at this point, right? Down by 20. Uh, and that's where North Texas scores three touchdowns, right? Pirtle, 22-yard uh, pass from from Ani. Um, then there was another TD from uh, 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 Roderick Burns. That ridiculous one where, like, uh, I think it was on fourth down. Um, where they were doing a crossing route. Ani had all kinds of time and just found a wide-open um, uh, Burns over the middle. He caught and just uh, evaded one dude and outran everybody. It looked like something that Darden would get last year for, for you know, in sort of like the same situation. But 52 yards there, touchdown, 41-28. Uh, and I think I wrote uh, on Twitter that at this point in time, you can get a stop. You reasonably say, let's get a stop and score, get a stop and a score. And, you know, you wouldn't be in a terrible position right now. Uh, as it happens, that's when Downing ran for 60 yards and uh, basically put the game over, right? 48-28 uh, at that point. And then North Texas goes down and scores again. Uh, a 77-yard pass. And, again, another weird one where Ward just caught it in the middle of nowhere, uh, nobody really guarding him. He jumps up, high points the ball, comes down with it, uh, breaks a tackle, sprints the rest of the way, 77 yards for a score. So, yes, the offense broke out, did some good things. Um, some of those are breakdowns. Some of those are backups, uh, you know, against backups. And, you know, Missouri has a terrible defense. So don't take too much from this. You know, the North, North Texas offense is not all the way back. It's not fixed. Um, those were, however, encouraging signs. I do think that um, we saw the best of Ani, and he got to play the whole game, right? We didn't see Jace Reuter at all. Um, I don't know that we're going to see Jace Reuter the rest of the way if Ani could at least play at this level. 
Uh, you know, but we need we need three oh five and four scores in a winning effort, and that means a lot more earlier, uh, early on than than late, just kind of padding the stats. Those three touchdowns kind of made it interesting there for a second. You know, North Texas tried a um a little onside. I mean, you're down thirteen points at that point. It's desperation time. Um, but I like they scored in three of four quarters, right? That that's moving towards getting what we need to happen. Uh, the defense, again, didn't play well, but they competed. I think at one point in the third, they had three straight uh, three and outs forced. And, you know, like I said, I, I think in an ideal scenario, what we could say, uh, we'd be saying about this team is like, you know, this defense is good enough to win. They get beat. They give up some uh, unsightly touchdowns, but they compete, and they will give you the ball back, right? They can make a stop. And they'll give you the ball back with a chance to win. They did it last week or last game against Louisiana Tech. And they did it, you know, enough times in this one that you think, you know, if the start wasn't so slow offensively, this would have been uh, more of a shootout and less of a, you know, um, uh, trying to make it work at the end, right? Like, let's make Basilak make a, an important throw, right? Let's make him do something on third and eight when when the game's tied late or something like that. Instead, he had an easy day. Given that, you know, he didn't even throw for that many yards. They really relied. They really relied a lot on the on the run game. Again, 217 yards from Beatty, who also caught a score. And when uh, when they when Basilak was out and about, uh, being chased, I think it happened on the first or second touchdown. I forget. Um, you know, he was not really pressured. He was being chased, but he was. He saw where he was going the whole time. He saw Beatty wide open, and he just tossed him a little four-yard pass. And that's that was it. That was the long and short of it. Key to the game, pressure Basilek, make him throw under pressure. He didn't really have to. 21 to 32 for just the 160. He had easy tosses, wide open, not really pressured. And, um, you know, that, that that's on the defense. And then the run game was terrible. Missouri had that outside zone, uh, you know, kind of kind of look and there were some really nice plays made by the made by the squad getting into the backfield breaking up that like the key to defending his own run is to get off your blockers right don't let them push you wide and then create running lanes uh you get inside and you force the running back to make a cut in the backfield and not when he wants to um when North Texas was doing that they were breaking up plays getting tackles for loss losses all that was good. When uh, when they weren't, uh, they were getting gashed, and dudes were running for 60 yards. I mean, I don't know. Like, you can't really ask for more. What are you going to do? This is not a great defense. This is the defense that was the worst in the nation last year. They've made improvement. We can be happy with what we saw. I was mostly happy with it. Uh, it reminds me very much of last year's kind of combination where – the offense had a lot to – what do we say about the offense? It was good in a lot of ways, but it was not, far from perfect, right? You know, uh, quarterback play was terrible. It was sort of a one-man team on uh, at the receiver position. Um, and, you know, it didn't matter because the defense is so bad. Uh, this way, this, statistically, the defense is not so good. But they're solid. They get the job done for the most part. And you know it's the offense that's terrible, probably the worst in the, in the in the conference in a lot of respects. I think at least in the past game, threw out some numbers 
It's like under 50% passing uh, uh, completion percentage. Um, you know, like lowest yards per attempt per play. We're not even throwing for 100 yards. So again, Austin only throwing for 305 is a big step forward considering where we've been or where we currently are, I guess, however you want to look at it. I feel good about it. Um, I can understand why if, if everybody's like, you know, we put up 35, that's not so terrible. But you have to, again, consider that Missouri is very bad. Like this this could have easily been another Arkansas game. Um, the broadcast, I think they, they, they mentioned that a couple times. They showed North Texas beating Arkansas last time we played an SEC opponent in 2017, 2018, whatever it was. And, you know, this, this Missouri team is not good. Right, so it's a little frustrating that if we put our best foot forward as a program, then this is a a winnable game, and not just in a oh you know we pulled it out and kicked a field goal right before the end of the uh, uh, end of the game, but a you know we beat them down, we controlled all three phases of the game kind of deal. You know, what are you gonna do? Good, outstanding players to my eye on offense. Uh, Austin Ani finding some rhythm, you know, hitting wide open guys, and the fact that those guys were wide open. Um, I think Burns went five for seventy-one. Uh, Deontay Simpson three for forty-six. Uh, was it Ward two for eighty-one? One was at seventy-seven yarder, and you know, like I think DeAndre Torrey was just overall great. He had over a hundred yards uh, total, like one hundred twenty, and, and a score that that uh, that wheel route, little wide open uh, pass, that was great. I have a quibble. I don't know if it's a quibble. Maybe it's a it's more than a quibble. But it was bad. Um, it was like fourth and two. North Texas went for it. And I think they tried to run Ani. I don't know what they were doing. And it looked terrible because, like, Ani looked panicked as, like, three guys were running at him. And then he just kind of fell down. So it was like a three-yard sack. Uh, even though it's not counted as a sack, he just took off running for three, for negative three yards. And, you know, come the next drive, North Texas bursts out with the uh, – um, the tight end leak play that seemingly always works, and they found Pirtle for that score. Where's that play on fourth and two um, the previous time, right? That would have had more impact because we score there. You know, again, game's closer instead of instead of uh, being a blowout, you know. Uh, those are the kinds of things that I think yep, that frustrate the internet mean green fan, and uh, we'd all like to see them be improved, right? Let me, what am I looking at? I'm looking at, I'm looking at the schedule right now because I want to talk some schedule. I have this on MingerNation.com. It's a football schedule, so then you can link to the recap. So if you want to see our thoughts on everything. Uh, yeah, next up is Marshall. That's what I thought. Coming into the season, I thought Marshall was going to be, uh, you know, like, not as good as they were last year, but they're always a good program. That means they have talent and they have, you know, guys that are well coached. Like usually well coached programs when they are down, it's like one or two aspects. Like, oh, you know what, quarterback's not as good as he was last year, or um we lost a lot of experienced starters in the secondary and so, you know, we're we're making some mistakes that we usually don't make, but you know, that kind of thing. Uh Marshall's weird. They went, you know, they were five and oh at one point or something like that. Um, and then they were ranked, and they ended up making the, you know, conference title game. Good enough that they hosted it, and, you know, they kind of imploded there, and they fired their, their head coach, Doc Holliday. And now they have the new guy, right, an Alabama acolyte in Charles Huff, and uh, 
they started out well. You're like, okay, maybe uh, maybe they're they're not gonna have any any transitionary pains. I was expecting some of that. Like, you know, what however good Huff is or is going to be, losing us, you know, a guy that ran a program for ten years there. Uh, that's that's rough, right? I mean, you're you're uh, asking basically everything to change. So whatever was good and bad is changing, right? It's not like you're just you're you're keeping the core of it, even though Huff said all the right things. We wanna we did good, but we wanna be better, you know, that kind of thing. Um, whole coaching staff changed. Uh, a lot of guys transferred in, out, that kind of thing. Um, new way of doing things. Marshall has struggled. Um, you know, they they. Lost to Middle Tennessee. They were fumbling the ball all over the place. And then last night, they nearly lost to Old Dominion, a terrible Old Dominion that didn't play football last year and basically had to restart. They fired the coach. You might remember Bobby Wilder. Um, you know, guy loves to gab. He's a cool guy. Everybody, every media member loved to talk with him. He was always great with a quote. Um, and, uh, you know, some speculate he probably kept his job a little bit longer because of that uh, ability to gab. Well, you know, they, they kind of reached the end of, of his cycle. He, you know, they, they were trying to bring in transfers. They they were bad. They were poor. They fired him, got a new guy. Ricky Ronnie came in, and then they canceled football last season because of COVID. So this year, it's it's really all new. You know, it's not like not even like a, like a UAB, UAB thing where they were good, paused because of politics, and then came back with, uh, you know, a couple seasons ready to get some transfers, that kind of thing. Like Old Dominion was bad, um, also a startup program. Anyway, it was like ten years in. Um, they were bad, fired their coach, and then didn't get to play. So that's how that's how poor of a team, um, you know, they were. And Marshall had needed overtime and a gutsy victory to pull it out. So what does that mean for our ten fifteen matchup? Um, well, I don't know. Marshall can run the ball. They have an experienced quarterback who has a little talent in Grant Wells. He's not amazing. He'll throw an interception. He'll throw a few interceptions. He'll make some poor decisions. And we saw that last year against Rice, and we saw that against UAB. However, he, they have playmakers, and he'll find a way. Um, presumably, Charles Huff will have him prepared. He came from a, a coaching staff that that uh, you know is famous for its preparation, Nick Saban. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin went to the Sabin University and he learned a lot and he became a better coach. Um, you know, I, I say all this and then was it last week um Lane Kiffin lost to uh uh Nick Saban, the Ole Miss Alabama game. But uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher just beat uh, Alabama last night. What does it all mean? It means that Marshall's gonna be tough. They're not as good as they were last year. It is, you know, a decent matchup. Uh, North Texas defense, they can hang with, with Marshall. They can do roughly what they did against Missouri, probably something like what they did against SMU, in which case they, they play well for a long uh, portion of time, but they're going to get beat. They're going to give up some plays. They're going to get beat uh, deep. Some of the corners, the secondary is gonna, are going to make some mistakes. Um, you know, But they're going to give the offense enough chances. Now, will the offense take those chances and you know make the most of them? I don't know. That's tough. Uh, we want to see second-half Austinani, second-half North Texas offense, second-half play calling, right? Uh, let's do that tight end lead play, right? Let, let's be clever on fourth and two. Let's execute. 
and uh, and less of the offense that you know couldn't get out of its own way for a large portion of the first half and a large portion of the Louisiana Tech game, uh, and the one that you know threw an interception, a lot of a lot of TD. So, uh, you know, after that, it's Marshall, then it's Liberty. Liberty, which basically has the best record in Conference USA right now. Uh, they beat Middle Tennessee, uh, and they beat uh, UAB at UAB in their new stadium, right? That's the best in the league has to offer. So we're going to take on Liberty. That's going to be in Denton. Then uh, at Rice, at Southern Miss, those are two non-good teams. And then a UTEP squad. And I made fun of, uh, I think, Bruce Feldman for saying, oh, you know, UTEP comes to town. That's going to be a tough one. UTEP is five and one. We got to respect the, a five and one team. You know, you start winning, you start getting more confidence, um, and you know, you start getting more enthusiasm. Everybody feels good about life. That's what's happening at UTEP right now. They're still not a great team. Like this is the the best they have, and they've squeaked these wins out. And you know, I think last night they beat Southern Miss at Southern Miss. That just must tell you tells you how uh, you know poor Southern Miss is, um, and then. FIU, a very winnable game, but it's at FIU. That's always a tough trip to, to fly out there. And then finally, UTSA, which is undefeated. Uh, such is the state of North Texas football right now uh, in fandom that SMU and UTSA are both 6-0 and in a season in, in which North Texas is 1-4. and Doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, by the way, my kid's having a good time. My wife's doing, like, peekaboo with them. Um. Yeah. So that's that's basically that's basically it. Uh, it was a I was like a subdued kind of game. Like Twitter didn't have a whole lot of chatter. Not a whole lot of people are watching it. Not a lot of enthusiasm about it, good or bad. I thought that in the Louisiana Tech game, we saw a lot more anger. Right? Like, what are we doing? We got to do, you know, that kind of thing. And I two weeks later. Like the enthusiasm is down, and I know a lot. Like, let's be real. During Texas OU weekend, um, North Texas never gets eyes. It just it doesn't happen. Either people are like, "Yeah, I went to the you know Texas OU game," or they were watching it, or they were caught up in whatever was going on, and they do not have time for North Texas. Like, if you watched the game or you went to the game. The the you know Red River Showdown immediately after like North Texas is already playing right like I I missed uh, the the first drive or something like that because I was watching the end of the other one uh, it happens um, not a lot of enthusiasm I I don't know if we take that as a sign uh, that nobody's really caring right now like they're all like oh, I'll be down by the season I don't know but it doesn't look good right next week we'll get a better indication. Especially after North Texas scored 35. A lot of casuals are going to be like, oh, 305 from Ani, that's not terrible. Maybe this team is turning around. And, you know, whatever, right? It's supposed to be entertainment. If if you get entertained by reading stats and think that Ani was playing great, you know, cool. Um, obviously, that's not the case if you, if you paid closer attention. There's a lot to work on. And, um, I mean, it's not going to be done this season. This season is, uh, you know, North Texas is who they are, right? They they are who they are. Sorry. Sorry, my wife's laughing at me now. Um, 
I don't I don't really see a viable path to competing in the in the division right now. North Texas 0 and 2 in the conference. Um, you know, maybe UTSA and UAB trade off a, like a loss um, you know, with like Louisiana Tech and they all have like one loss, but there's no real path to to winning this division right now barring some epic collapse by uh like UAB, Louisiana Tech and uh, UTSA. It's basically a two-team race with like Louisiana Tech being in there being like a uh, a a dark horse candidate, but considering that of the two contenders, North Texas lost to both, uh, you know, UAB and Louisiana Tech. It's it's not looking good. Like they would need to lose uh two games each and you know, whoever beat them would uh can't be somebody else that North Texas is trying to compete with. So the conference title game is out. And then you have to find a way to get five more wins. There are seven more games. That's five and two the rest of the way. And like I said, who are you beating? Marshall, maybe. Liberty, that's a tough game. I can give you Rice and Southern Miss, but those are both on the road. North Texas lost to Rice last time they played them. And, uh, you know, UTEP is not good, but they're winning. And maybe FIU. So I can see three, maybe four there if you, if you squint. But you're not beating, you know, uh, UTSA the way they're playing right now. Like UTSA is one of those teams that is not really good. Like you're just you're not looking at them and say, "Wow, they do this thing, they execute really well." But they have a lot of talent, and they ha- their starting quarterback. Speaking of right, uh, Frank Harris, he was a guy that North Texas tried to recruit. He threw for six scores against Western Kentucky last night, uh, and Western Kentucky admittedly has zero defense. Uh, like. There was a lot of times where guys were just running open with, like, no challenge. And, uh, you know, UTSA's guys were just catching passes with the uh, defender, like, a yard behind them. Like, not not even threatening them at all. So, six scores, uh, one on the ground, five in the air. And then he forced a fumble. He threw an interception and then forced the fumble immediately after. That's how bad UTSA, I mean, Western Kentucky's defense is that they uh, they can't even run the ball after an interception. Um, so they find a way to win, and so whatever, like, you know, let's say you, you face a UTSA here in Denton, uh, what, whatever way you can imagine North Texas is scoring against them, the thing about UTSA that North Texas doesn't have right now is that UTSA will find a way to win, you know? They grind it out. Like, all their games have been um, tough, grinded-out kind of games where they find a way to uh, make a play, make a tackle. And last night they made an interception against the nation's leading quarterback right now. Uh, Bailey Zappi, he zapped him for 523 yards. Uh, ball was in his hands on the final drive. And, um, you know, he threw, there was like a penalty that, that wiped out a touchdown. And then uh, I was like on third and ten, he tried to squeeze it into a window and threw his first and only interception of the day. A diving interception by uh, the UTSA dude Hicks, but that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of thing that that'll happen, and that's what that'll be why. That's why I don't see North Texas beating UTSA. Now, it is a rivalry game, and I think that's the kind of thing that could, you know, change it all. North Texas was a great defense, and they didn't play like a great defense in 2013. It just kind of happens in those situations. So yeah, what do you see? You see five wins there. Maybe you squeeze out one against Marshall. Maybe Rice, Southern Miss, that's three. I can see North Texas beating UTEP, but again, UTEP, they're winning. 
but that would be four. And I can see a win against FIU. But even after doing that, right, that would be a little five-game win streak. All right, four-game win streak, right, five and, and six games. Um, I don't see North Texas beating UTSA, and then and then you're going to be, what, six and, was it four, five, six, six and six, six and seven, something like that. I don't know if anybody's going to be excited about uh, inviting North Texas to a bowl game, especially with North Texas's history of getting blown out in bowl games. Um, you know, it, it's just not looking super amazing right now. Uh, I think in terms of Conference USA teams, it would be more exciting. Bailey Zappi in Western Kentucky, uh, if they can get to six wins. And then, uh, you know, obviously UTSA is, uh, you know, the name right now, and they have a lot of buzz. I think they're getting any invite. Uh, and then, you know, Tech's probably going to have a better record. UAB also. We're asking for North Texas to get into to a bowl, uh, you know, with like the weakest resume. So that's it. That's the that's what it looks like the rest of the way uh, from this vantage point. It could turn around a, a little bit. I don't see Ani improving remarkably uh, in the rest of the way, but, you know, he looked a lot better. He looked a lot more comfortable. Um, he wasn't overthinking when he just said, let me just fire the ball downfield to a wide-open dude. That is, uh, I mean, that's usually the case, right? I got kid music in my ear now. Um, so yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's that's about it. We'll we'll cut this one a little bit short because I don't have Aldo to talk to. Um, I can't talk about Batman like we did two weeks ago. Uh, another note: we did intend for uh, for the Mean Green Nation podcast to to record during the bye week, but we had an issue where I had to work a lot and Aldo was unavailable, so uh, we couldn't we couldn't talk. Um, I, I gotta find a better way. I have to find a better way to let you guys know of this. Uh, but some of it happened like last minute, and like I said, I was super busy at work. So what are you gonna do? Uh, tune in next time. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Send them the link. com slash podcast. Uh, we know we have uh our dedicated listeners and um. We try to keep make we try to keep you up to date. I don't try to send you a lot of emails about it. But you can subscribe to the uh, uh, to the newsletter. It's mostly just like sort of like a digest where like here are some things that we wrote this week, and you know you can find links to the podcast and the site and whatever else we have the Twitter address, all that good stuff. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a good week. In case you're wondering, I'm gonna eat oatmeal and I think an omelet with it. Is that a weird combination? I don't think so. Um, but that's what's up. Go Ming Green.